we are beginning, I, I, don't, I think, don't think I can say a brand new coil, they've changed their format, and we're going to be on two-month cycles now. Uh, but nonetheless, we're going back to the clear uh, teaching, just a little uh, different than the D6, but very similar in a lot of ways. They changed some wording around. But this morning, the t- lesson today is on where discipleship begins. Our family theme is the foundation of d- discipleship. And our objective is that we would uh, grow in knowing and living out God's Word, and we would help others, uh, and that would include our children as well as grandchildren, to do that as well in their lives. We'll be in Deuteronomy 6, the first nine verses, and also one verse in Luke, chapter 9, verse 23. We've got three key truths. Number one, disciples learn God's Word, put it into practice, and pass it along. Number two, discipleship is for every day, not just Sunday. And number three, uh, discipleship begins with parents discipling their children. Instead of get started, it's called Connect now with the same principle. Um, how many here have a daily routine? Okay, don't we all? What are some of the things that become part of your daily routine? Okay, all right. <laughs> Somebody else? What do you do every day? What are some of the things you do? Do what? Okay, pray. Okay, I'm glad you said brush your teeth or take a shower. All right. <laughs> I have been listening to YouTube of a, a man who left the, the Amish some, about 15, 20 years ago now. But he, somebody had wrote, written into him and asked him what was some of the things he had adjusted. He said, one was taking a shower or taking a bath. He said, in the Amish community, you took a bath once a week, Saturday night, uh, because you had church on Sunday. You know, you, you know, that's what they call it. And he said, the second thing was changing my socks. He said, if you didn't wear them seven days in a row, you hadn't worn them yet. And so it said, every once in a while, his, he called me English friend, but that reminded me, he said, hey, you need to take a bath. And he said, what for? It's Saturday. He said, then I realized that some people take one every day. But we have daily routine, don't we? And uh, we certainly, every one of us do. Uh, and those things become a part of our habits. Uh, they become a part of our daily routine. Well, our, goal, our goal today is to see how loving God and uh, following God should be a part of our daily routine. But it also needs to prior, be a priority in our life. We'll begin this morning in Deuteronomy 6. And we'll take a, take a few verses there, go to uh, Luke 9, then back to Deuteronomy 6 again. So don't lose your place. But we're, first of all, does anybody know what the word Deuteronomy means? Anybody know? I told you this four years ago. Second law, okay? So does that mean there's two laws? No. Uh, by the time you get to Deuteronomy, what has happened to the first generation who left Egypt? Say it again, Cheryl. They've died off. So you got, you got a new generation. So in Deuteronomy, Moses repeats the law, if you will, to this younger, newer generation. So it's called the second law. So by this time, Moses knows that his life is uh, coming to an end. And he wants to uh, reiterate the important truths uh, to God's people. And it's interesting 
one of the things he emphasizes here in chapter 6 is how important it is to follow and to live for God every day of our lives. But also, he emphasizes how important it is to pass those teachings on to the next generation. So my question is, why is that important? Absolutely. If you don't pass it along, what happens? Yeah, it dies. And so he emphasizes the pass that along. And so what he does, he kind of gives him, if you will, uh, the basic, the foundation of discipleship and what it means in our lives. Now, by the way, uh, when I began reading my Bible through many years ago uh, now, it, it surprised me when I would read through the book of Psalms and Asaph would recount things that happened to Israel in years gone by. How do you know that? It was passed down from one generation to another. That's what discipleship is. So our first key truth is disciples learn God's Word, put it into practice, and pass it along to others. Deuteronomy 6, the first three verses. Uh, thank you, Dan. Now, let's do a little, I uh, hope you have your Bibles open for you this morning. Uh, there, let, let's do some observation here before we get into the lesson part of it. Uh, first of all, who's, who is speaking here? Who is speaking? Say it again. It's Moses, okay? Uh, Cheryl, is there any, yeah, I understand, but yeah, but yeah, Moses is doing the speaking here. He's speaking to the Israelites. And so he has some instruction for them. Now, what's interesting, uh, as we observe this, and one of the important things of Bible studies is, is when you read some verses, just make some observations, okay? We, you know, what's, what's it say? What's, you know, what's going on? Uh, and, and kind of, just kind of surface it, if you will. And so Moses is speaking, and what's he sharing to the people? What's he talking about? Yes. Amen. Now, that's good, Dad. You said that. And Cheryl, you mentioned it too. Moses is sharing these commandments, these rules and regulations. Where did he get them from? He got them from God. Exactly. Now, did God expect Moses to keep, it, to keep them to himself? No. So, again, we, we understand that. And it's interesting. They're on their way to the promised land. And notice there in, in verse 1. Uh, God said, uh, you know, uh, Moses says, God told me to teach it to you because when you get to the promised land, what does God expect you to do? Yeah, obey him. Keep those commandments. But also notice, who is, we have Moses, 
Let's call him the lawgiver. Okay, he's repeating it. It came from God, and God taught him. He's teaching the children of Israel. And according to verse 2, what are they supposed to do with it? Say what? Amen. To your son, to your son's son, his son. And we can go on and on and on and on. They are to pass it on. But there's also a promise in verse 2. What is it? That your days may be what? What's that mean, Cheryl? Yeah. And so I look at this and an observation I have to make is, okay, Lord, you said if they do it, your days will be prolonged. But I think there's another implication that if you don't, it's not going to work that way, okay? So please understand some observation here. And, of course, uh, in verse 3, we have another promise that they observe it. It will do what? It will go well with you. It will be well with you, and you will increase. So that's kind of the overview of our text this morning. Now, our title is Where Discipleship Begins, and discipleship is a word we don't normally hear outside of religious circles. And uh, let me ask you, what is discipleship? How would you describe or define discipleship? Do what now? Okay. Okay, that's good. So what is what is what is a disciple then? There you go. It's simply a follower. Now, when we think about discipleship, it's not just Bible study, that's part of it. It's not just spiritual discipline, that's part of it. But like Dan said, you follow those things. You follow that person. Now, technically speaking, okay, technically now, how many official disciples did Jesus have? Twelve, right. But really he had more than that because in, in, we find out in, in, the, in the Gospels that there were many people who followed him. Of course, the twelve were chosen to learn of him, to, to be the foundation of the church. But anyone who follows Jesus Christ is considered a disciple. How many here follow Christ today? Do you know you're a disciple? We are a disciple of Jesus Christ. So a disciple follows. Now, first of all, they learn from their leader. They absorb what the leader teaches. And they follow his teaching. And they live it out every day. So, again... Uh, Jesus is not here physically speaking to us. So where do we learn? From what? Thank you. What did you say? I like what you said. The book, right. The, yeah, the book. We learn from the Word of God. And do we just learn it and that's it? Yeah, and we should live it, right? 
We should live it and we should pass it on. <clears throat> and that's true. That should be true in our life. So in our study text this morning, in these three verses that Dan read earlier, uh, they help us to understand that discipleship is certainly learning, it's doing, and it's teaching. Moses had learned from God, he passed it on, they're to pass it on, and they're to do it in that land where they're going to go, and they do it every day of their lives. Now, is discipleship, is it just learning general facts about the Bible? No, it's got to go deeper than that. Uh, Ruby does a Bible trivia every week, or somebody does. I'm, maybe Ron does. I'm not sure if it's in the bulletin. But at any rate, uh, it's different questions. And it's, it's neat to do that. And it's, it can be fun to look things up. And, uh, you know, if I were to ask you, what's the shortest verse of the Bible? Does anybody know? Jesus wept. Anybody know what the longest psalm in the Bible is? Psalm 119. Those are good facts to know. Uh, how many books in the Old Testament? Say it loud. 39, okay. Uh, how many books in the New Testament? Thank you, Cheryl. Now, let me give you a little bit of help there, okay? If you can get 39 for the old, multiply three times nine. And you come up with 27, but that's how many books in the New Testament. And those are general facts. And it's good, it's good to know them. It's good to know, uh, at least have an idea uh, if somebody says turn to the book of Daniel, you know where to find it at, uh, or whatever. Uh, but if you're like me, I do most of my Bibles on a computer now, and it looks for me automatically. So, uh, but those are good things, certainly, uh, to know. But understand, discipleship is a lot more than that. So, we learn from God's word. That's part of it. Now, remember, as we learn it, Initially, it's for who? For ourselves, okay? And once we learn it, we're to live it. We're to practice it in our lives. And then we are to pass it on and teach what we've learned to God to someone else. And that's what discipleship is really all about. Now, if you go back to verse 1, uh, Moses said, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments. Three things there, but they all really mean what? The Word of God. This is God's Word. You need to know God's Word. Now, it's interesting, uh, we're not, the verse is not part of our study today, but in Romans chapter 1, uh, Paul says that man is without excuse. Because man should be able to look around and tell what? There's a God. So that would be general revelation. God has revealed himself through nature. But we also have what theologians call special revelation, and that is God's Word. So, yes, you can know about God, that there is a God through nature, through general revelation, but we need special revelation, God's Word, to go deeper to understand who God 
really is. And by the way, I don't care how long you live, how long you study, you will never fully comprehend God. And I want to say it again. I said it some weeks ago. I don't want a God I can comprehend. Okay? But God, that's, that's the God of the Bible. Now, it's interesting. <laughs> he gives us his word. We learn from that word. Does God expect us to live that way? Yes. He absolutely expects us to live that way and teach others what we have learned. And my friend, that is what discipleship really, really is. Now, by the way, I realize here in Deuteronomy 6, we don't see the word discipleship there or disciple. uh, But that's exactly what Moses is talking about. Learning from God, living it every day, and passing it on to the next generation. Now, so remember, if you, if you want to please God, and I think you do, we serve Him for that reason. Uh, we learn more about Him, we take His Word and we live it every day, and we teach others as well. Now, again, uh, we talk about studying God's Word, and that's important, but discipleship is certainly more than Bible study. So my question is this. Do we have to wear a neon light and say, I love Jesus, to show the world? No. How should we show the world? Say it again, Dan. How we live. What did you say? I thought I heard something. You know I don't hear well. <laughs> Do what now? Well, sure it is. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so important because, listen, folks, people are watching the way we live. And if you learn from Christ, you need to practice it in your lives and others can see it in your life. Now, if we learn it and live it and people can see it, then we're going to be better in sharing that word. And not just Bible verses, that's important, but a lifestyle And sharing with them why Jesus made a difference in our lives. So I look at this text. And God promised to bless his people if they'll follow his word. And I I believe that promise is for us as well. If we will grow and learn in his word and share with others, God is going to bless our lives. So we can grow as disciples, and we grow by learning His Word, we grow by putting it into practice every day, and we grow by, as we teach others what God's Word says. Now, again, uh, that can be done in a formal Bible study, but I think it's best done in how we live, especially to our children or grandchildren, those we come in contact with every day, and let them know how you live, how Christ has changed your life. So let's apply it. We need to commit to follow Jesus Christ every day as one of his disciples. And we need to keep learning about him. We need to put his word into practice. And, of course, we need to teach others his way. Okay, we need some, I need some input here, okay? We've talked about putting God's word into practice. Why is it important that we put God's word into practice? I mean, we leave it out every day. Why is it important we do that before we try to teach others? 
before we try to teach others? Why is it important we live it out in our lives first before we try to teach others? Say it again, Wayne. To be an example. What do you mean by that? Absolutely. You know, what the, the bottom line is this. If what we say doesn't match how we live, what, does it, what value is it? There's no value. And people of the world see that. Our children, our grandchildren see that. They need to see us live it out if we are going to share it with others. So the first key truth is this. Disciples learn God's Word. We put it into practice, and, of course, we share it with others. Number two, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Discipleship is for every day, not just Sunday. Anybody want to read verse 23 of Luke 9? Thank you. Now, we've been looking, uh, kind of skirting around this verse on Wednesday night. It's not been our text, but we used that a couple of times. Uh, again, let's just make an observation. That's all part of good Bible study. What do you see in the verse 23, chapter 9 of Luke? First of all, who's speaking? Jesus is. To who? All of them, of course, in this text, uh, the disciples. Okay? So what's he telling If you're going to follow me, yeah, you've got to deny yourself. And you've got to take up your cross how often? Every day. Okay? And follow me. Now, Alan, you just read that verse. Thank you for doing that. Um, since you read that, can I ask a question here? Is what Jesus, is what he says, is it clear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, no, okay. You're thinking. What, what's your point? Okay. <laughs> but what's the problem then? Absolutely. Yes. That's how Bible study works. Man, it's clear. It's in fact, it is not, it's not even hard to understand, right? Simple and to the point. Don't need to diagram it or break it down. Boom, it's there. If you want to be my disciple, you're going to deny your, you have to deny yourself and you're going to pick up your cross. When? Every day. And I'm convinced that we will spend our whole life learning to be a disciple. A whole life. Yes. Yes. 
Absolutely. And, and Pammy writes that because they, they lived that. I mean, that, that was a common execution in their, in their culture, and they knew, they knew what it meant. So is Jesus saying, follow me as a bed of roses? No. It's going to be tough. Now, salvation's free. Amen. Aren't you glad? By grace, through faith. But not following him. Pick up your cross. Deny yourself daily. Now, again, we are, we're talking about discipleship here. And, you know, Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, here's what you're going to do. If you're going to be my disciple. But our focus is on that one word daily. What does daily mean? Something you do every day, amen? And I forget who I heard say it one time. The problem with life is it is daily. It is something we do every day. Now, I, 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 say what now? We do, yeah. And we do how often? Every day, yeah. Amen. This ought to be a part of our... And really, uh, I like what you're saying there, Wayne. It ought to be a part of routine. It ought to be a priority of routine as well. Yeah, that's good. That's a good thought, Wayne. Thank you for that. Now, um, knowing you the way I know most of you here this morning, I'm convinced that you are among the group who live out your faith every day of your week. I, uh, you hear people who in life who wear many different hats, right? And they're doing this, they put one cap on, another one, whatever. But when should a Christian live like a Christian? Not just on Sunday. But how many know there are a lot of them that do that? There are a lot of them that do that. And it's so easy for people to put their faith in compartments. It's kind of like the old, well, the Christmas card box that Jason uses every every Christmas. You got different boxes with different people to put one in here, one in here, one in there. And sad thing is. Some people do their faith just that way. On Sunday, they talk Christianese. They act like Christians at church. But their faith has very little or no bearing on the rest of their life. I spoke with someone recently, and they told me that their spouse in church was, I don't know what word to use, almost like a holy roller. But they also told me that during the week, 
Their spouse was a horrible person. Abusive. And you know, when I first got saved, <clears throat> I was so naive, I thought, Lord, that can't happen. But how many know what happens all the time? Now, by the way, should, should we be a Christian on Sunday? Act like one? Yes. What about Monday? Come on, Wayne. Not Monday. Now, remember the key word in this verse that Jesus said daily. Every day of our lives. And those who put their faith in compartments, that's not a healthy mindset at all. It is not good, in fact. It is detrimental. So, okay, help me out here. Are we to be more of a Christian on Sunday than we are on Monday? Should be the same every day. Now, that doesn't mean you wear that flashing light, I love Jesus. Are you make you a wooden cross and put a wheel on it and drag it across the nation? doesn't mean that. And it doesn't mean if you're employed... You sit around at work all day and read your Bible. In fact, Paul warns about that in Thessalonians. Paul says, if you're a Christian, you need to work. If you don't work, guess what? You don't eat. So there's a balance to that. And so the Scripture is balanced. It's well-rounded. And it's important to understand that it teaches us not only to be diligent in our Bible study and living for God, but we also live for God by being good examples in how we work and conduct our lives. Now we're looking at the word, of course, discipleship daily here. And the English word for discipleship <coughs> is very similar to the word Discipline. What in the world is a discipline? When you talk all at one time, I can't understand it. What is discipline? Absolutely. Now, and that's good, Pam, because... Discipline is not a word we don't we don't use much outside spiritual disciplines for the church, but uh, I'm going to mention a a bad word here. The word diet. How many hate that word? But if you're going to diet, you need what? Discipline. You got to make your mind up. And the same is true with spiritual discipline. And spiritual discipline, now remember, and we're preaching about this morning, once we're saved, we become new creatures in Christ. But the problem is, the old nature is still there. Some of the old habits are still there. And 
Not that all habits are bad, but most of them probably are. A lot of them are, at least. And what what do we need to do about that? Get rid of them. Discipline our lives. But it also means reading our Bible faithfully. Now, let's be honest. We would rather watch a half-hour program, dumb program on TV than spend a half-hour reading God's Word. Now, I have a... One of my routines every morning is to read uh, Psalm 139 without fail. But the problem I'm having is keeping my mind on what I'm reading. My mind wants to think about what I've got to do. And I've got to discipline myself Keep my mind focused on what I'm reading. And, of course, every day I read so much of the Bible as well on top of that. But I've got to make myself do that. Because how many know it's easy not to do it? Okay? So we have to discipline ourselves to do that. And what that means is we begin to cultivate good habits into our life. And we have to do that every day. Now, the church has been around about 2,000 years. And although we're not, we're not that old, okay, but from the beginning of the church age, what are some of the disciplines that Christians have used? What are some of the things they do? Do you want now? Okay, coming together, that's one of them. What else? Communion, okay. What about personal stuff, though? What about Bible reading? Sure. Bible study. Meditation, biblical meditation. All of these are spiritual disciplines the church has used throughout the ages. But also part of spiritual discipline is submitting our complete self to God. And again, how often do we need to do that? Every day. We've got to do it daily. It's interesting. Paul would write Timothy. And in chapter 2 of 1, he said, pass it on, Timothy. Teach other men who can teach others. Paul took Timothy and he kind of mentored him. And he helped him in his Christian walk. Now certainly there are a lot of Christian books out there that can help us to draw closer to God. But I want to tell you, don't ever let it replace this book. I remember when I was first saved, uh, Brother Ken Holland was selling books. Can you imagine Ken Holland selling books? If you know Ken Holland, you had to buy one. He wouldn't leave you alone. And this was books about the Bible. And there was nothing wrong with them. Uh, there was one good study book in there that I used quite often before the computer, before I got a computer. But I'll never forget, I was so excited about these books. And I, I told my grandmother about them, and she said, Son, I'm not trying to destroy your, burst your bubble. And she said, There's nothing wrong with some books, but there's no book like the book. I like what you said earlier, Wayne. The book, okay? 
Never neglect God's word. Spend time in the word of God. Now, by the way, there's a list of spiritual disciplines. We can come up through the word of God uh, and even through other books that people have written on that. Uh, And some will uh, sort of strike a chord in your heart. Others will not. Uh, But find out which ones will work for you and make sure you apply them to your life. I mentioned Paul a moment ago writing Timothy. uh, And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, Paul gives uh, some reasons to do that. And he reminds Timothy, uh, a lot of things told are not true. There'll be old wise fables uh, that's going to be told and they're not going to be true. You have to have spiritual discipline in your life and you have to exercise your life unto godliness. So he, he warns Timothy about that. Also, when he wrote Titus, uh, the same way he encouraged him in Titus 2, 11 through 15, uh, Paul encouraged Titus, said, Titus, you've got to continue to live righteous in your life if you're going to teach the Word of God. So let's apply it. And let me ask you a question to apply it with. What day of the week should we be a Christian on? Every day, all the time. We have to practice spiritual disciplines, habits that will draw us closer to the Lord. And we must do that daily. And we have to replace those bad habits, those sinful things uh, that we're trying to avoid with things from God. Okay, that's the question here. I need some input. What daily habits help you focus on walking with Jesus throughout the week? What some daily habits help you focus on walking with Jesus every day of the week? Say what? Amen. Somebody else? Okay. All right. Good. Anything else we could do? Just being alone with God. Isn't that good? Yeah. Meditation. All of those things. And it's interesting, folks. I've shared it. When I first began reading the Bible through, I did it so I could say I read the Bible through. But my, my, my heart has changed. And every day when I read my Bible, I'm looking for God to speak to my heart. Lord, show me something that I need for today to, to either to glorify you. It ought to glorify me in everything. But show me something. Okay, here's one now. Uh, Alan, you read that verse a while ago. And it's tough. We understand it, right? We understand what it said. But here's a good question. What are some examples of ways that we should deny ourselves and follow Christ? What are some examples of ways we should deny ourselves to follow Christ? What are some examples of that? Okay. Why are you saying that? Amen. I like it. We don't think that's true. Now, by the way, your unsaved family, they don't understand why you give money to the church. Do they? And let's be honest. <clears throat> let's be honest. And if you, <clears throat> I know I thought about this. The money I've given to the church, I could have done a lot of things with that. Isn't that true? But we deny ourselves 
Now, again, and Alan, I know your heart. We want to, don't we? We want to deny ourselves. Uh, what about uh, when we want to do something and we do something else? For God. We follow His direction. We deny ourselves. Yes, indeed. So many ways we deny ourselves. All right, number one, disciples learn God's word, put it into practice, pass it on. Discipleship is every day, not just Sunday. And number three, back to Deuteronomy 6, discipleship begins with parents discipling their children. Anybody want to read verses 4 through 9, Deuteronomy 6? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as a frontlet between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. In verse 4 and 5, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That is known as a Shema. The Shema. And it was very important for the nation of Israel. They would include it in their prayers. They would have it uh, written down in different places. It brought them back to their God. And the command here, and again, this is not a suggestion, it's a command, that these parents learn the Word of God and then do what? Teach their children. And where are they to do this at? When? Everywhere, at home, as you're walking, everywhere you get a chance, teach the Word of God. Now again, because they didn't have books like we have, they would have scrolls, and that most people didn't have one. But they shared it verbally, and they lived it out. Multiple ways, multiple places, at multiple times. And he taught them there. How much time have I got left, Jason? Okay, well, all right. Bind them for a sign upon your hand, frontless between your eyes, and write them on the post of your house and on thy gates. What's that mean? Okay, have them everywhere. Now, let me give you some background to this. What they wore was called a phylacrity. In Matthew, when Jesus was rebuking the Pharisees, he talked about the things they did and one things they did. 
He said, you made your phylacteries broad. So the Jews took this literally. They lived in Egypt. You remember that? For 400 years. And the Egyptians, being superstitious, would wear things on their hands to ward off evil spirits. They would wear them on their foreheads to ward off evil spirits. They'd paint their doors different colors to ward off evil spirits. And guess who picked up that habit? The Jews. And so the implication, instead of doing that, put my word there. That's going to help you, okay? Now, again, I think there's a broader implication. You're keeping it near your heart. But even today, Orthodox Jews, guess what they do? They wear their phylacteries. They keep that word there. But the bottom line is this. We are to teach it on to our children. And by the way, through the years, I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, when our children were growing up, I wasn't saved. So I didn't live an example. What can I do now? What do you do now? You live it. Continue to live it. All right, next week, John chapter 1, when God became flesh. Let's stand together. Father, we love you today and we praise you for who you are. And we thank you. Thank you for what you do. God, I pray you'll help us to hide your word in our hearts for God to share it with our families and live it out every day. We'll give you the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.